I feel that I have been changed because of the interactions that I've had with our patients. Um, I think the ones that have the, the largest impact on me are the young mothers who are diagnosed with cancer. Welcome to Cedarville Stories, a podcast sharing meaningful stories of people impacted by relationships and experiences at Cedarville University. Cedarville Stories is brought to you by Cedarville University, where student lives are transformed through excellent education and intentional discipleship in submission to biblical authority. Continue listening to hear the rest of today's story. Now here's your host, Mark Weinstein. My guest today is Dr. Karen Wonders, founder of Maple Tree Cancer Alliance, full-time professor at Wright State University, a mom to seven children, and a graduate of Cedarville's Master of Ministry program. Welcome to the podcast, Karen. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, I, I know as we get going, the people who have just heard that introduction, they're, they're curious and they're saying, how does someone manage their time so well that she can be a mom to seven children, all young, be a wife to a Cedarville University professor, a full-time professor at Wright State, and lead a growing Maple Tree Cancer Alliance. How do you do it? I drink a lot of coffee, (laughs) and I say a lot of prayers. (laughs) Um, No, you know, that's my standard answer. But in reality, I think I have to be intentional with every part of my life. And I spend, you know, every morning I get up before my children wake up and I'm not a morning person. So that's difficult for me to do. And while I'm drinking my coffee, I read my Bible and I pray and I open up my planner and I look at the day and I look at all of the responsibilities that I have, all the things that I need to accomplish that day. And I really pray through that. Um, And I try to be intentional with, you know, when it's time to work, I'm going to work. And when it's time to be with my children and be with my family, I'm going to be with my family. And I try to do both with excellence um, in such a way that it's important to me that those two worlds don't compete against each other. Um, But as much as I can, you know, intertwine and and, um, work them both in together, that's, that's really what I try to do. But it takes being intentional. So you multitask. What prompted you to start Maple Tree Cancer Alliance? Well, really, that began when I started working on my doctorate at the University of Northern Colorado. Um, Andrew and I had just gotten married and thought it would be neat to live in Colorado. So we really went about the interview process for graduate schools, not doing anything that you're supposed to do. Um, I basically showed up for an interview one day and you know, you're supposed to look at the research interests of the professors and align yourself to what they want to do and really try to sell yourself during the interview, especially where I went. Um, University of Northern Colorado is a research-heavy institution. And during the interview, um, the the person I interviewed with said, you know, we'd love to have you come to school here. Um, you're going to need to do research and exercise oncology. And at that point in my life, I had never known anyone who had cancer not a single person. And I kind of had this deer in the headlights moment where I thought, oh no, you know, can, can people with, with cancer even exercise? Aren't they too tired? Aren't they too sick? Aren't they too old? I mean, this just doesn't really fit the image that I had of, in my head of cancer. 
And so that experience, I was there for three years and we did research. We worked one-on-one with patients. I basically lived and breathed cancer every single day for three years. And in that time, I got to see so many lives changed and just the impact that exercise had on someone as they went through cancer treatment. And then we moved to Dayton in 06 and I began working as a professor and really wanted to continue that work that I had been doing. So I basically went to all the hospitals in the area and knocked on the doors, introduced myself, hoping that maybe I could do volunteer work or maybe help with some research if they had anything going on. And to my surprise, none of the hospitals in the area had even ever heard of exercise oncology. Mm. Um, And the more research I did, the more that I saw that it wasn't anywhere. It wasn't being done anywhere except for basically in Colorado where I had just come from. And it was one of those things that I just could not get out of my head. It it just kept pulling at my heart and pulling at my heart. And, And so when I started Maple Tree, it was just out of the desire of maybe I could help I, I thought if I can help one person, it will have been worth it. Sure. Um, so that's really what drove me to start it. And, and your grandfather has special brings special meaning to Maple Tree as well, right? Yes. Tell yes. me about that. So my grandfather, um, whose name was Pap-Hap, um, he was a very important person in my life. And um, he was diagnosed with colon cancer in 2007 and had a very aggressive form of the illness. So from the day of his diagnosis to the day of his death was five weeks and um, was active his whole life. I mean, his his goal in life was to be able to golf his age. So he golfed several times a week. Um, he walked the golf course. Um, he would have been 96 had he still been alive today, which my dad says he still wouldn't be able to golf his age. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, he was just a very, very active person. And when he was diagnosed with cancer, he was sidelined because the colon cancer had spread to his liver and it just the fatigue was overwhelming for him. And I remember visiting him. He lived in Pittsburgh. So I remember visiting him early on in his diagnosis. And he said, you know, just the fatigue was, was so overwhelming to put it into perspective. When we were talking, he was sitting in a chair and my grandmother was feeding him scrambled eggs. Mm. And he looked at me and he said, you have no idea how exhausting it is just to eat these eggs. Mm. And so when someone who's going through cancer treatment speaks to the fatigue, it's not just a simple, you know, go lie down and take a nap and, and you'll feel better type of fatigue. It's this overwhelming whole body fatigue that really interferes with all aspects of your daily life. And so I remember, you know, I had always talked to him about my research in Colorado and I had not started Maple Tree yet, but it was still on my heart. And I said, okay, Pap, what if every hour on the hour we get you up out of bed and we walk one lap around the downstairs of your house and we go back to bed. Because at that point, it's not like he could go to a gym. Um, he couldn't leave his house. And so we did that. We set an alarm. And every hour, he would get up and walk around his house, which was not very big at the time. And I think to someone on the outside looking in, it would have looked like nothing. But for my grandfather, it made such a difference mm-hmm. in his recovery. It, it improved his mood. It it gave him something to look forward to. You know, we'd be in the middle of a conversation and the alarm would go off and he'd say, oh, it's time for my exercise. And he would get happy about that. And so I knew in starting 
my nonprofit, I wanted to honor his memory just because he was so important, but also because I got to help him with exercise to manage the symptoms that he was experiencing, even though he lost the battle with cancer, just for that brief period, it did make such an impact in his life. And then you named Maple Tree because he had a maple tree in his yard? Yes, he had three beautiful maple trees in his yard. And our three pillars of maple tree are exercise, nutrition, and fellowship. So it fit perfectly. You know, as I research maple tree, obviously it it gives you a platform to help people with who are dealing with cancer. Mm -hmm. But I think it's more than that for you. It gives you a platform uh, for gospel purposes. Is that is that true? Is that how you see it? Yes, yes. Maple tree is so important to me. And what has happened as we've grown is so exciting. And I love every part of it. Um, but I'm really careful to continually pray through just this platform that I've been given and this opportunity that I've been given from God, because I don't take it for granted that this is a gift. And I know I would have never been able to get to where I am or to where we're going if it wasn't for his favor. And so that's why it's so important to me that as we grow, I stay true to the purpose of Maple Tree. And that was really to provide hope to people who are battling cancer. And I think one way to do that is to empower them to take care of themselves and to make healthy choices and to help them to be the best version of themselves, no matter what their current health state is. But I think more than that, once you give that to someone, then you can start speaking truth into their life. And, you know, cancer is not just a physical thing. It's emotional. It's spiritual. There's so many parts of cancer. And if we just focus on the exercise or we just focus on the nutrition, we're going to miss this huge opportunity that we have to share the hope that we have in Christ with the patients. I want to uh, applaud you for hearing the voice of the Lord and and heeding what he's told you what you should be doing and and making a big difference. Uh, where is Where are the uh, locations for Maple Tree right now? Right now, we have 11 locations. 10 of them are in and around the Dayton area. We're as far north as Troy, as far south as Wilmington, um, as far east as Springfield. And we have one location right now in Pittsburgh, and that's about an hour or so north of the city. Right. We're working on several more locations soon to come um, in, in the Pittsburgh area and just throughout the state of Pennsylvania. Um, just this morning, we announced that in October, we will be opening our first site in Florida, which we're very excited about. Recently, uh, within the last month or so, you gave a presentation um, to an organization and out of that presentation came some opportunities. Can you elaborate on some of those opportunities? Sure. Um, yes. Yeah. So one of the things that I try to do to spread the word about Maple Tree is go to as many professional conferences as possible and just to share the word and to share some of the research that we're doing. And um, I went to a conference just a few weeks ago. It was um, a part of the biggest professional oncology conference in the world. Um, so it was a great opportunity to share the message of Maple Tree. And afterwards, I was approached by um, a woman who was an executive administrator at a pretty big name hospital. Yep. Um, and she was interested in partnering with Maple Tree and putting us in their hospital to serve their patients. And so we um, 
quickly scheduled a phone call to follow up on that. Following up on that phone call, she saw that you're a faith-based organization. And how did, she, how did she respond to that? And how did you respond to her, her inquiry? So, yes. So we were in the, you know, going through the phone call. Everything was great. Everything was positive. Um, and then about half an hour or so in, after I'm thinking, this is a done deal. We're, we're good to go. And this is the opportunity of a lifetime, essentially, for Maple Tree. Um, she said, okay, I think we're all good. Just one small thing. And I thought, oh, no, here we go. She said, you know, I was on your website and um, noticed some Christian lingo yeah. throughout. And I said, well, yes, we're, we're a Christian organization. And, and she said, so, so how does that work? And I said, you know, essentially, um, we're a faith-based organization and we provide um, counseling that's biblical for patients who request it. And, you know, I tried to encourage people. Um, I wrote a devotional last year, you know, just, we just fi- try to find different ways to encourage people spiritually um, who are interested in those services. And, and she said, okay, well, we're a secular organization. And so we would not be interested in any of that. And I said, you know, that's okay. We partner with secular organizations. And if all you want us to do is the exercise oncology, we're happy to do that. Because the way that I look at it is exercise oncology gives me a platform, um, but if if people want to know more, then they can follow us on social media, or they can buy my devotional, or come and hear me speak whenever I have opportunities to do so in a faith based setting, and you know then we can start the conversation um, uh, biblically. And so I said, that's okay if you just want us to do exercise oncology, totally fine. And she said, okay, well if we're going to do this, I'm going to need you to take all the references off of your website you know, the references to Christ off of your website. And I said, well, no, we're still a Christian organization. You know, we're not going to change our identity, but we are more than happy just to deliver the exercise oncology. And she said, well, you know, I just don't think that they're going to go for this. I'm going to have to go back to the leadership team and probably we're not going to, we're not going to want to do that. Hmm. And so I have not heard back. That was a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's normal to go a couple of weeks, so I don't know that all hope is lost, but I do know that God is bigger than that one health system, and um, I don't believe it will deter our growth, even though it would have been a great opportunity had it worked yeah. out. So thanks for sharing that. So I'm going to deviate a little bit from the maple tree story, and uh, you're a decorated mom. You have a PhD, um, a successful nonprofit Maple Tree, yet you decided a year or so ago, two years ago, to come to Cedarville University to get a master's degree. Why? Why not? <laughs> what, what what motivated you to to come? It was the Master of Ministry program. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that program help you with Maple Tree and in your life? Right. So actually, it was about four years ago okay. that I made the decision to go back to school and, you know, if, if you look at my testimony, I didn't become a Christian until later in my life. So I did not grow up a Christian, um, did not grow up reading the Bible. I did not own a Bible till I was 30 years old. And very soon after I was saved is when I felt called to begin Maple Tree. And through prayer, I really felt like 
this organization needs to meet the spiritual and physical needs of people with cancer. And the physical part was very simple for me. You know, I've been exercising my whole life. I love to study the physiology of the body. You know, I think of myself as a researcher and um, that was easy for me. I, I know everything about exercise and I can help people do that. But when it came to the spiritual health of an individual, I knew that was a key component. I knew it needed to be there, but I did not feel equipped mm. to help anyone, to speak into someone who is in this traumatic situation in the fight of their life, not knowing what was going to happen, so afraid that they were going to you know, lose the battle to cancer. Because you know, most people who are diagnosed with cancer, whether it's a stage zero or a stage four, maybe it's the first time ever that they thought of their own mortality and, and everyone is afraid. And I really wanted to offer that hope and encouragement, but I didn't feel equipped to do it. And so that's what made me, you know, I, was, I talked to my pastor at the time and he was the one who really encouraged me to come to Cedarville and to check out the program. Um, and, you know, at the time I only had six kids, so I wasn't that busy. Oh yeah, that seventh one. <laughs> It's been really tough for you, isn't it's it? It's true. The seventh one does make a difference. People with large families can probably can probably relate to that, but there's something that happens when you hit child number seven. Um, but more than that, Maple Tree at the time was pretty small. We only had one location in downtown Dayton. We had maybe 50 patients that we were serving. Um, I had a team of of one employee and interns, and that was it. And so it was much more manageable sure. and, and a much smaller organization than what it is now. And yeah. so that's why I really felt like, okay, you know, this is an opportunity that I don't know will come again. And I love school. And um, I was really excited to go back to school and, and to get a degree in ministry. So um, how have you tangibly used that degree? Did that play a role in that one story about... Um uh, a lady in the Dayton, one of your Dayton locations, um, seeking a Bible or wanting a Bible and didn't have a Bible. Yes. Yeah, that is actually. So um, after my first year of the master's in ministry program, I was in the program a total of three years. I took the long. Slow learner. I, I took the long. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um and so after the first year at the end, so at the end of the first year, our character colloquium, we had to set goals for the summer. And I thought, okay, I've always wanted to lead a Bible study, but I've never had the courage to do so okay. because I always just didn't feel like I knew enough or was spiritual enough or whatever enough. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to lead a Bible study. And I was very nervous, but I committed to do it. And once I commit to something, that's it. I have to do it or else, you know, who knows what's going to happen. And so I um, picked a book, set the dates, and um, the very first day, a woman walked in, and um, we just were talking while we were waiting for other people to come, and she was sharing the story, like her journey with Maple Tree. What I learned was that she was a single mom and was just diagnosed with cancer um, a couple months earlier and really was not handling it well. Um, the stress and the fear and the nervousness and, you know, all of those kind of came crashing down on her. And um, she said, as a result, she started making some um, not very good choices. Um, she was turning to alcohol to kind of help ease her, her nerves and was um, 
starting to feel like that wasn't the best thing mm-hmm. maybe in her life. And um, a friend invited her to church and she um, reluctantly went and she said, you know, she kind of, she said, I don't know if I prayed or I just thought to this to myself, but I said, okay, God, if you really want me to stop drinking and to trust you through this process, you're going to have to give me a Bible because being a single mom and going through cancer treatment, she could not afford one on her own. And um, it just turned out that that spring, one of the Christian bookstores in Dayton did a Bible drive for Maple Tree, and they collected nine cases of Bibles, and they had just donated them to us, and we had them on a table in one of our centers. And so she walked in for her very first appointment with Maple Tree. This was the following Tuesday after she had said that prayer and um, met with my operations director and um, Rob said, Hey, we have this table of Bibles here. Would you like to take one? <laughs> and she was not only so excited that the um, her prayer was answered, God had answered her prayer and provided a Bible with her, but, and I love this, um, she was so excited because it was a pink Bible oh. and she, pink was her favorite color. She was a breast cancer survivor sure. and she just really felt like that Bible was put there for her. And so she took the Bible home. She started reading it. She joined our Bible study and, um, you know, really started making steps, um, towards, you know, spiritual wholeness as a result. As we transition to near to toward the end of the, of the podcast, um, as you listen to God's leading, what is the vision for Maple Tree Cancer Alliance? Now, I understand it's a it's an organization that doesn't charge for its services. So, what's what's your vision going forward? Where are you hoping to grow to? Are you simply owing a Midwest organization, or are you more of a national, international organization? Yeah, that is something that I've prayed a lot through. Um, you know, I, I mentioned when we first began, I thought, gosh, if we can help one person, that would be great. And since then, God has opened doors that I never would have dreamed. Never. I mean, I feel like I'm living out um, Ephesians 3.20. You know, God has done above and beyond anything I could have ever imagined. And I really believe that this is only the beginning. I, I believe we're going to be a worldwide ministry mm. um, at some point, probably in the near future. Where's the first uh, location? Well, um, it just so happens, and you'll hear it here first, but it just so happens we do have um, a group in Brazil that we are working with to bring Maple Tree to Brazil, um, looking at starting in January of 2020. What significant lifelong lessons have you learned from your cancer patients along this journey with Maple Tree? So many things. I I feel that I have been changed because of the interactions that I've had with our patients. Um, I think the ones that have the, the largest impact on me are the young mothers who are diagnosed with cancer and fighting the first patient I ever worked with um, back in the University of Northern Colorado was a young mom, and that had a huge impact on me. And just in the last six months, we have lost two mothers mm. to um, metastatic breast cancer. And it's been hard. It, it's been really hard, especially, you know, myself as a, as a mother of young children. Sure. I struggle sometimes with, well, 
why them and why not me? You know, why do I get to to see my kids grow up and and not them? And you know, there is that that tension that exists. And I was really struggling with that this last go around. Um, we had a patient die pretty suddenly. Um, it was it was unexpected for everybody, and um, it really knocked me down. It, it was it was a hard thing, and. Um, I was thinking through just that question, why her and why not me, and was sad. And I thought, you know, if that were me, if it were, if the tables were reversed, if it was me and not her, would I want her to be sad? Would I want her to be sad every time she looked at her kids or to feel guilty every time she looked at her family and and did things with them? And I thought, no, that's not how I would want someone to live their life. I would want them to look at their life and to recognize the blessings and to see the little moments as gifts. And um, that's, that is the biggest thing that I've learned is just mm. don't sweat the small stuff. It's a gift. Even in the chaos, I mean, there is chaos in having seven children. <laughs> I wouldn't know. There's chaos. But it's it's a beautiful chaos, and what a blessing it is because I, I get to be a mom, and I, I get to run Maple Tree. I get to be a wife, and I get to do these things, and just what a blessing it is, and just never take it for granted, not for a single second. That's great. Um, my last question, and it's similar to the, the one I just asked you, but from your journey as a mom, your work as a professor— and you're leading of Maple Tree, this nonprofit. Um, can you point to an area or two where your faith has really grown as a result of all what God has put on your plate? Yes, for sure. My whole life, I think I've been a very self-sufficient person, and I've always been goal-driven, and I've always kind of gone for the big goals. And so I don't think it was a big surprise to people who knew me before mm that I would attempt to start a nonprofit with a large family and with another full-time job. Um, I don't think it came as a surprise to anyone, especially, you know, unbelievers in my life. Um, But what I think is so important is, you know, I'm here to glorify God and I have a heart for people who don't know the Lord. And so I want to try to glorify him with my life. And what I think God has shown me through this process is that I I have so many weaknesses and the only way that I get through my day is with his help and just leaning on his help and, and leaning on his faithfulness, I believe has helped me to get to where I am now. But what is so cool about that is unbelievers in my family who have been kind of on the sidelines watching this happen, they're starting to see God at work. And, you know, I have a family member who was very hostile to the gospel for a number of years say to me this weekend, I know God is in this. I know you would not have been able to do Maple Tree without his help. Wow. And that is so huge for me and such a blessing that, you know, I think I can be guilty of compartmentalizing and thinking, okay, this is my Maple Tree. This is my this. This is my that. But to see how God is weaving it all together into this beautiful story and not only giving hope to cancer patients, but giving hope to my family members who I've been praying for for years to come to know Christ. Mm. Um, They're not there yet, but they can acknowledge that God is working, and that's huge. 
Thanks for joining me today on the podcast, Karen. I am sure our listeners enjoyed hearing of your journey as a mom, of your role as a college professor, leading Maple Tree Cancer Alliance, and earning a master's degree from Cedarville University. Please know that you're always welcome to join me back on Cedarville Stories. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening to Cedarville Stories, brought to you by Cedarville University. Be sure to rate and review Cedarville Stories on your favorite podcast provider and share with friends. You can also follow Cedarville University on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you to Logan Hayes for producing today's episode, Clem Boyd and Sarah Gump for marketing the podcast, and most importantly, you, the listener, for joining us today. Come back next week when we'll hear another inspiring Cedarville story for God's glory.